Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It's Tuesday, it's September, we're still in the baseball season, they're still playing games, and the Pirates are still losing a lot of games. I mean, yeah, it rained a lot here yesterday in Scranton, but the word is that the Pirates could have got that game in yesterday in Pittsburgh. Uh, It was mostly overcast in the downtown Pittsburgh area, Um, but they called the game And a couple people had DM'd me because, and I saw some other stuff on Twitter because they, um, instead of just doing a traditional doubleheader on Wednesday, they're doing a day-night doubleheader on Wednesday. It's because they want to get money for both games from Mets fans. And in addition to that, um, one guy, a Pirates season ticket holder, told me that um, they would not let him exchange the rained-out game for any other game this season, it had to be that Wednesday game. So if he's busy on Wednesday, if he already had plans or he's working or whatnot, then he can't go to the game. And does that make any sense to you with the Pittsburgh Pirates when they're probably going to have about 500 people in the stands that are actually Pirates fans the rest of the year for midweek games? I mean, they just don't do anything for the fans, you know, like there's easy things you could do, like bend over backwards for the few um, fans that have season tickets, you know, or are buying tickets, you know, if they want to exchange for any game at this point with how the team's playing, you got to let it happen. I mean, you got to just do your best, but... The team is is always looking for just the shortcut way to make more money. And they're rarely looking for a winning strategy, you know? I mean, I don't think that this Ben Charrington thing is ever really going to come to fruition. Um, I was thinking about Ben Gamble the other day. He's the one guy that the Pirates picked up off of DFA who has succeeded in this organization. And everybody I hear, Jason Mackey keeps saying that um, they're likely not going to re-sign him because he's going into arbitration and he's going to cost real money. So is this team ever going to get an active payroll over $50 The active payroll currently is usually around $31 from what I usually check it on SpotTrack. Um, I don't know because... As guys go to arbitration, the strategy has been to just trade guys and call it max value and try to get some prospects in return. So I don't see how this team can ever win. Now, I've mentioned on a lot of occasions that in 2027, when we have the next um, uh, baseball thing, like in the offseason when they have to relook at the rules and stuff like that. You know, we did it all last offseason that we're probably going to get a salary floor. Now, at that point, when the Pirates are forced to have a certain amount of money put into active payroll, at that point, you might get a winning team. But up until then, which would be up until 2026, it just seems unlikely. Even if you have guys like Anthony Solomedo being a success, um, like Michael Burrows being a success. Now, granted, all these guys have to stay healthy, right? 
Rowanzi Contreras, um, Quinn Priester. If all these guys come up and pitch well and stay healthy. Now, I don't know if they're going to keep either of Mitch Keller or JT Brubaker at that point because those guys will be in arbitration. You would think that they would pay one of those guys at least, you know, but if neither of those guys agree to a team friendly contract, you know, those guys might be traded at max value by that point. So even though we might have the workings of a decent rotation, I still don't see this team hitting enough up until 2026. I mean, the more we look at the minor leagues, the more it looks like um, Henry Davis hasn't proven himself to be a really good hitter, a guy that we could think could be a good hitter in the major leagues. Um, Nick Gonzalez, a guy who I loved on last year, Nick the Stick Gonzalez. He looks like an average or maybe slightly below average second baseman with the stick. Um, now, if Henry Davis is the first baseman, I guess that's our first baseman. The one guy we really like is Andy Rodriguez. He stays healthy. I think he's going to be a really good catcher. Um, O'Neill Cruz will probably only be here until 2026. I don't know if he's going to come around or not. I think he's going to get better. Um, But we really don't have an outfield once. um, If both of those guys are shown the door, and I'm not saying that Ben Gamble is any great shakes, but if he and and Brian Reynolds are both shown the door in this offseason, we don't really have any veteran outfielders. And we don't really have many outfielders coming that can hit, you know, other than like Matt Gorski. And it's tough to count on just Matt Gorski, you know, because... Sawinski has been really disappointing, and it doesn't seem like Jack Sawinski is going to hit enough to be an everyday corner outfielder. Another thing that I mentioned to watch out for is that Marcano, how long would it take him to go under 200, a 200 batting average? Would it be a week or two? Well, it's only been one week since I said that, and he's already at 206 with a 567 OPS for the year, and even worse for his career. So Marcano is another guy who doesn't hit enough to be an everyday major league player. And Rodolfo Castro, I said keep an eye on him because he only has about 260, 270 major league at-bats. I said this is a guy who's likely to be exposed once he hits too many major league at-bats. And Rodolfo Castro was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts in his last game. He's got 10 errors this year. Uh, He had an error in that game where he went 0 for 3 and struck out three times. But even though there's been some flashes of Rodolfo Castro, the fact that the fanboys are jumping on him as one of the heroes of this team, it just just shows you that we really don't have anything to hang our hats on, you know? The minor league guys are not doing well. The guys we just drafted in this draft are not doing well. Last year's draft, other than Anthony Solometto, has been largely disappointing. I don't know what's going to happen with um, Bubba Chandler, you know, as far as being injured or whatnot. But we know other guys have been injured in that draft. Uh, Most notably, um, the Penn State kid, Lonnie White Jr. And Henry Davis, who still is batting under 200 in double A. And this was your fourth overall pick. 
Um, Braylon Bishop really hasn't done much either, you know, in the minor leagues at this point. So we don't know if that draft is going to get us anything. You know, Solomedo has to stay healthy. You hope that a draft will get you one to two good players. Now, one to two good players, if you're not paying anybody, and if you're letting everybody go at max trade value, other than, you know, someone's willing to sign a, um, a team-friendly deal, it just doesn't make any sense that this team could ever put up more than 75 wins, you know, until we get a salary floor. And even then, it's not guaranteed. We'll be maybe on the same playing field as maybe like the Reds. But the Cubs could still outspend the Pirates. And the Cubs are a good one to look at. I mean, the Cubs have a winning record in their last month. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have six wins in their last month. And do you remember back when we were led to believe that when the Cubs were dumping guys, it was actually a year after the Pirates started dumping everybody? So we were supposed to be in a better position than the Cubs to win. Well, the Cubs are miles ahead of the Pirates at this point. The Cubs might go for it in the offseason, signing free agents, and possibly re-signing guys like William Contreras. So, and we will still be stuck in the, in the basement, I think, because the Reds are a little bit ahead of us as far as um, just like young players on their team. Um, they had the Rookie of the Year last year, their second baseman, Jonathan India. Um, and they have three or four young starting pitchers that look pretty good, where we only have like one or two young starting pitchers that look pretty good. And I'm, I'm saying like Rowanzi Contreras and, um, and Mitch Keller. I'm not throwing Brubaker in there. But I, even if I throw Brubaker in there, they have Ashcraft, Nadolo, um, Green is supposed to be coming out. Um, back from healthy. And they had another guy that pitched a shutout the other night. So, I mean, the Reds are just in a little better position, I think, with their minor league system. And their major league team is about eight games ahead of the Pirates um, in the over the last three months. Because if you remember, the Pirates had like a six-game lead on the Reds early in the season. At least. I think it was more than that, but I'm, I'm not going all the way back to April. Um, they had a six-game lead for a while on the Cincinnati Reds, and now they're four games behind. So that's actually 10 games that the Reds have outplayed the Pirates over the last several months. So we're not as good as the Reds. We're not even close to being as good as the Cubs. And the Brewers are going to take a step back, but it's not going to be a big enough step back to where they're going to be in the cellar. So you know we got at least one more year of last place next year. And I think we're likely going to lose 100 games again next year. And it's mostly just because, well, this general manager is not very good at his job. Um, but also, they're not going to spend the money that it takes, which is an old story with the Pirates, you know. But I feel like when we had that other general manager, that at least he kept guys. At least there was a little bit of a stability on the team. And I just don't see that with... Ben Sherrington, who, in my opinion, he seems to just be bringing in waves of rookies and selling everybody, unless you're willing to bring on a team-friendly deal, selling everybody at what he would call max value, which basically means you're trading a guy when he's just getting good, you know? 
So he gets to go to another team and be good. So I don't know, you know, what's going to go on with this team. But it's certainly going poorly. And this is the collapse of 2022. Three years after the collapse of 2019. And the team is no better off now than it was in 2019. I mean, with all those trades, you know, all those dumps. And we did get a couple people in those trades. Um, We did get um, Andy Rodriguez. He was a Met throw-in. And we were thinking that maybe he'd be a good player even back then, you know, when they made the trade. And then um, we got Roanzi Contreras. But it's not nearly enough, you know, when your guys are leaving, like Brian Reynolds, you know. Or guys are leaving like Ben Gamble. Again, not saying Gamble is an all-star, but he's a veteran player who puts up okay numbers. You know, you know what to expect from him. Whereas when you bring up a rookie, a lot of these guys are going to be exposed like Marcano. And Marcano certainly has worse numbers than Ben Gamble. I mean, you saw guys being brought up to play outfield that were just putting up terrible numbers. Um, like Bly Guy, you know? The one guy that I find interesting, because he just seems to keep clubbing AAA pitching, is Cal Mitchell. Now, Cal Mitchell's batting 212 with a 592 OPS, which is not acceptable. But I mean, the way, he, the way he tends to hit in the minor leagues, I feel like he deserves like a bigger opportunity than 150 at-bats. Don't forget, he was a second-round draft pick, so he's a talent. And he has, you know, not very good numbers as far as um, outfield assists and stuff like that. Um, his arm probably doesn't play in the corner outfield. But as bad as this team is, I would probably just DH Cal Mitchell for the next year and just see if he can put it together at the major leagues. And if he can't, meh. I mean, tomorrow's a, or next year is a throwaway year anyway, you know. But this guy seems to deserve a chance because at least he's hitting in the minor leagues. Unlike some of the other guys like um, Swaggerty, who was a first-round talent, but he just never really has batted more than like 270 in the minors, you know? He certainly never like tore it up to the point where, oh yeah, this is a guy we think about, we're thinking about bringing up, you know? He's not knocking on the door, is what I'm saying. Uh, Let's see, the minor leagues were off yesterday. Um, Today's pitchers are, let me go to the Pittsburgh Pirates thing. It's just pretty, this collapse is just pretty depressing, you know? I mean, I saw it coming, but I feel bad for all the all the Pittsburgh Pirates fans that were talked into picking this team for 70 to 75 wins, you know, because that was never going to happen. Jimenez is pitching for, um, oh, here we go. Bubba Chandler is pitching tonight for Bradenton. So he is um, not injured, you know, anything serious. So that that's a good game to watch tonight. Um, Bubba Chandler is going to be pitching for Bradenton at 6.30. That'll be an interesting game to watch. And I think that's the only one that's announced. Um, but yeah, you might want to tune into that one if you have MILB TV. Um, it might be 
it'll likely be more interesting than the Pittsburgh Pirates game. I mean, the Pirates have, let's see. Okay, um, fortunately, they pushed, the Mets pushed back um, DeGrom from tonight's start. Um, but they do have Tajan Walker, who's been pretty good this year. Uh, Mitch Keller should be okay. You know, they have a chance to win. But I would think that DeGrom is going to pitch on Wednesday. I would think that they just pushed back his start. Let me look in the in the fantasy thing under DeGrom and make sure that he's not like um, some sort of injury reason that he was scratched. I would think that they just wanted to get him the extra day of rest. Uh, I think that's the case. Yeah, it looks like he's supposed to pitch tomorrow, most likely. Uh, but they they did scratch him from tonight's game where he was originally scheduled to go. Um, but he will pitch one of the games on Wednesday. Um, so you got the Mets versus the Pirates. You have you still have a lot of tough games coming up. It's not even that interesting anymore. You got the Cardinals before you go into Cincinnati, which might be a tough series um, because the pitchers always struggle there. Then you got to go into the New York Mets, and then you got to go into the New York Yankees. Tell me that's not going to be tough, you know? So you might finish the season pretty easy with home stands against the Cubs and the Reds. But it's not going to wins are not going to be easy to come by, you know. So I'm still sticking with my original prediction of 58 wins. I mean, even when I look at the best case scenario with this team, and I do try to think of the best case scenario. And like I said, you could have somebody like Anthony Solomedo joining a rotation with guys like Quinn Priester and Ranzi Contreras. You could have like a real good young rotation in there. Um, but I just don't know where the outfield is going to come from, which is why I personally would have drafted Elijah Green um, over Tamar because he's just another short second baseman. And I think Elijah Green is going to end up being a better player than Tamar. But even beyond that, I just don't think we have enough good outfielders in the system. Now, we got plenty of outfielders in the system. I mean, I've heard um, Pirates Fan Forum said that we have too many outfielders, and that's why we have to get rid of Ben Gamble. But I mean, how many outfielders do you have that are actually major league capable? And I know that um, Anthony makes a good point and says that, well, we might as well bring up Swaggerty because we know he's at least good defensively and he could be a fourth outfielder for the team. But okay, is he a good enough is he as good a four, fourth outfielder as Ben Gamble? I don't think so. I mean, even though he covers more ground, I don't think he's going to hit nearly as good as Ben Gamble. And Ben Gamble is a guy that is consistent. You know, you know what he's going to bring to the table. And he's a veteran that could help the young guys. Swaggerty is just another young rookie coming up. So I don't see any plan for the outfield anytime soon. And you know we're not going to bring in an actual good free agent into the outfield. So the Pirates outfield, once they get rid of um, Brian Reynolds, is really going to be not good. You know, And it's a shame because you think about the days when they had Andrew McCutcheon, Polanco, and Marte. And they used to jump up and celebrate after each of the wins. Now, things didn't work out for Polanco. He had a lot of injuries. But Marte and um, 
Andrew McCutcheon. Those are some really good players, you know. And those are some guys that are still putting up decent numbers this year. And Marte is actually coming to town with the Mets. So it'll be fun to watch the Marte party with the New York Mets. Um, But it will probably not be fun watching Jacob deGrom versus the Pirates. They might even just push DeGrom off of this. You know, they might be like, we don't even need DeGrom in this series. And they might just put DeGrom in a series where they actually need him, you know, because they could just assume that they're going to win versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know. I'm just saying that's going to be a pretty tough game. Jacob DeGrom versus the Pirates. And yeah, finally, you know, with this slap in the face that is the Pittsburgh Pirates, Nobody is accountable for this, you know. The only thing that um, Ben Sherrington, the general manager, has said is be patient. The owner hasn't said anything about this team, about the collapse or anything like that. And you rarely hear about the president either, the president of the team, who you would think would be asked, you know, is the general manager's job safe at this point? Because it doesn't seem to me like Ben Sherrington has done a good job. Now, that could change. But I'm not a fan of any of his drafts, you know? I mean, we could have had a stud shortstop and we took Henry Davis. Now, I know we were saving money for later rounds. And we'll have to see how that pans out. We'll have to see how this, you know, takes shape as the years go on. You know, we'll see how Bubba Chandler does tonight, you know. Just a, as a, you know, maybe a shot at the future. Let's see how he's doing. But if not enough of those guys pan out, then not taking, you know, one of those high upside shortstops. I mean, one of those guys is just doing insane right now, you know? The guy that's on um, Arizona is just really crushing it, you know? And Arizona is another team that seems miles ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates right now as far as ever winning. So there you have it. That's what we're looking at. That's the future. It's not looking good. Welcome to the collapse of 2022. Peace out.